We're very thankful today to be joined by Ted Dabrowski from Wirepoints. Ted, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on, Will. Remind us what your official title is with Wirepoints. I'm the, the president of Wirepoints and uh, you know help help manage the day-to-day and tell, tell, tell Illinois what's going on and what they should know about that oftentimes they won't hear in the uh, traditional media. And what is the mission of Wirepoints exactly? I mean, in the end, we'd love to see Illinois become a destination state again. So, uh, you know, it used to be that we were the beacon of opportunity for people all over the world. And today people are, are, are fleeing Illinois. So we'd like to see it revert back to what it was. And so that means we're trying to get it back to uh, with straight talk, with uh, you know, data centricity and, and with uh, some fiscal realism. We'd like to see it become a, the great state that it should be. One of the things that has driven the narrative politically in Illinois now for several years has been crime and specifically regarding the end of cash bail in Illinois that of course was much talked about Uh, the crime that emanates from the city of Chicago of course dominates the news headlines generally when we're talking about that subject and I get an email from Wirepoints and it says uh, Wirepoints crime tracker shows Chicago crime grew 38 percent during Johnson's first month of course we're talking about Mayor Brandon Johnson. Uh, what is the, uh, I guess, motivation behind taking a look at these crime numbers as they stand at this point under Mayor Johnson? Well, the big thing is is that, you know, we've seen this under Pritzker, we've seen, seen it under Lightfoot, is they're downplaying what's happening in crime in, in, in the city and in the state. And um, it, it's really easy for for our leaders to say, oh, it's a big city problem, it's happening everywhere, things aren't as bad as they as you say they are. And so we just take the numbers straight from the government uh, and, and they show us the truth, um, if you will, and that the numbers are way up. Uh, we had a 41% increase in total crimes, and we're talking about the major crimes, like murder, criminal sexual assault. We had a 41% increase in total crimes from uh, 2021 to 2022. So that was a massive increase. Now we're seeing another big increase in crimes. Uh, this year alone, we're up, again, 38, uh, roughly 40% higher than we were last year, year to date. So the crime continues, and uh, we want to make sure that people know about it and, uh, and, and hold our, our leaders accountable. You know, uh, Mr. Johnson said that he was going to employ some, like, violence interrupters, uh, community-style ambassadors over the Memorial Day weekend to try to help stem some of the tide. Uh, Obviously, he must know that crime is an issue in the city of Chicago, but I presume you believe his prescription is the incorrect one. Well, I think it's a continuation of the problem we've had with under Lori Lightfoot, uh, under Kim Fox, who's the uh, state's attorney who has stopped prosecuting in the way that she should, and and also sentencing. Uh, We have a judge, uh, Cook County judge, uh, Evans and he has stopped sentencing in the way that he should. So when you combine this uh, this kind of attack on police that's gone on for for a few years, uh, add to that uh, prosecutors who don't want to prosecute and and judges who don't want to sentence, and it's a recipe for for a mess. And that's what we've got. Not to mention that we've done things like um, raise the felony threshold on 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 stealing to to a thousand dollars, and it used to be two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. So. Um, we've given real incentives to to criminals to do more crime. Our arrest rate is down to 5% on major crimes. So if you're not arresting 
uh, basically it's it's a it's a free pass to to do crime. Yeah, and I have seen some various statistics that show that many of the murders in Chicago, you know, no one is arrested, and oftentimes, there's you know, if there's not an arrest, they're not going to have a conviction, and so that's uh, that's really stunning, and it seems though that despite these realities, you know, the politics don't change. Why is that? Well, we're, we're in a big, uh, let's call it a pendulum, moving towards this uh, decarceration, um, you know, not sentencing uh, push that's been, that's been going on, not just, of course, in Chicago, but in San Francisco and New York, Philly. And um, they've gotten the power right now, and, and, and they're passing as many laws as possible that that in the end sadly treat the criminals like victims and what it's turned everything up on its head turned everything upside down on its head because the real victims are blacks and and, and hispanics uh the more lenient they are on crime um the more that you're seeing the victims be youth blacks um hispanics and one of the things we reported uh, yesterday was that that the youth deaths under under Johnson in this first month, there were nine kids, 19 and under, who were murdered. Uh, a year ago, then that same month, it was only four. I say only, it was four. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're just, this whole decarceration move is is, is destructive. Uh, and it's a, it's a pendulum that's swinging and we haven't stopped swinging yet. So uh, it's got to get, I think, crazy enough to finally where people uh, realize this, it's a really failed process. But right now, it's still it's still going on. Are you in the city of Chicago on a regular basis? Uh, not as not as regular as I want. I'm 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 only 15 miles away, but uh, you know, depending on meetings. But I might be there a couple times a month, three times a month. Uh, not that frequent, but you know, frequent enough. Well, the reason I ask the question is because sitting in Southern Illinois, there's never really a good perspective. I can't ever get a really good perspective as to whether or not these crime issues are still essentially neighborhood localized on the southwest side or if that has changed in some way as well. Do you have an, an opinion on that? Yeah, yeah, we've actually reported on it. Um, I have to pull up the numbers, but no, you know, here's the issue. It's that with, with carjackings and with, with motor vehicle theft, and you know, motor vehicle theft is a, is a big driver of the problem. Some people try to diminish the increase in crime because, it's, well, it's just car thefts. Uh, they have ballooned. We had over 20,000 car thefts last year, and I think right now we're running about a rate of 90 a day. Um, and I don't think they can be diminished because you know each each theft like that is an opportunity for some violent crime. Um, but what's happened is is that these things have spread into the areas that were typically very safe. Now, not everywhere, uh, but you know you're talking about. Uh, Lincoln Park and Lakewood; these are these are pretty popular, nice areas, and, and you've seen some of the crimes move there. So it's it's actually gotten people scared because uh, it used to be that you didn't have such crimes or very few. Now they are more frequent, and it's, it's starting to confuse people. Is what it's doing because it's enough to make people worry. And when people worry, their quality of life is impacted, and if it continues on long enough, then they begin to consider other options and. I believe that there is a link between folks who move out of Illinois, one link anyway, and a multitude of factors uh, that motivates people to leave, to, to go to other states, to 
pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And so, uh, Meyer Points also recently touched on some numbers in regard to uh, where people are migrating to from the state of Illinois. Touch on that, if you would, Ted. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the uh, census came out with new numbers. The U.S. Census, you know, they, they are always uh, tracking where people live and move and all that. And it's 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 they've reported recently from which states people are moving to, you know, from which states to which states the, uh, people are moving to. And uh, this new data, the census data, confirms everything we see from the past and it also confirms what we're seeing from U-Haul, which tracks where people are moving to, the, the van, the moving van companies, uh, the IRS, who knows where everybody lives. And this latest data just shows that Illinois continues to bleed people uh, on, on a net basis when you take into account all the people that move into Illinois and the people that move out of Illinois to other states. We lost a net 146,000 people to other states. Uh, the big winner, unsurprisingly, was Florida. Uh, on a net basis, we lost 20, nearly 24,000 people to Florida. But the big surprise to, to, to deniers of, of, of uh, the people who, who denied our population loss, like Governor Pritzker, now the big losses are to, to Indiana, to Wisconsin, to Missouri. We lost on a net basis 19,000 people to Indiana, 17,000 to Wisconsin, and 15,000 to Missouri. So those are big numbers of people fleeing Illinois. And you know they don't need to go to sunny Florida to get away from from some of these problems. Uh, if you're worried about Chicago crime, you might just you might just pop over the border into northern Indiana, where a lot of people are going. Yes, and in southern Illinois, where this radio station is located, there are many people who have uh, moved to either Jackson, Missouri, or Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I know um, a person from Murfreesboro who moved to Paducah, Kentucky, to retire, and many of these folks take their state pension check with them to uh, Cape Girardeau or Paducah or Jackson or wherever it might be. And so that money of those retirees that used to turn around in our local economies is now turning around in another state's economy. Well, yeah, and that's the big problem. You know, people, people, I, you know, people like to blame taxes a lot, and taxes are certainly a big problem in Illinois. But, you know, I always argue that some people don't mind paying higher taxes if they're getting really good services. But in the case of Illinois, you know, we've talked a lot about the education problem. Our, our education results are horrendous. Nobody seems to care about how bad the results are. They're happy to, the whole system is just happy to pass the kids through the system, graduate them, never mind if they can read or not. Uh, you combine that with, with the crime that we've just talked about. You combine that with high property taxes. Uh, you, com- you combine that with the overall corruption that you see in Illinois. And, and suddenly, you know, Paducah becomes attractive. Uh, so, you know, some places in Missouri become attractive. Of course, Tennessee, Texas, and Florida become attractive. So people just do their own kind of mathematical calculations. Even even if they're not sophisticated, they, they just say, hey, where do I have a better opportunity? Where do I get to keep more of my income? Where do I see my kids learning better and just a better overall environment? And sadly, they're leaving Illinois, and uh, that's what we need to change. We need to, we need to get back to, to having a state that actually educates its kid, kids, uh, takes care of criminals, and, and, and puts them behind bars, and, and of course uh, cuts back on the corruption so that we can keep more of our own money. Well, to play the devil's advocate, I'm sure that if Governor Pritzker were listening to this interview, he might say something along the lines of, uh, despite all of these problems, you know, um, I've won the governorship with a healthy margin. Uh, you know, Democrats have super majorities in the Senate and the House, so that must be proof that the people like the policies that we're 
put it in place. Yeah, and, and, and he would say exactly something like that, um, and, and he would be correct because he did win by a, by a big uh, margin. Uh, the Senate and House have super majorities for Democrats, so he's absolutely correct. I think what most people would add, and you know, and if you're, you're if you're a bit of a skeptic of what's happening in Illinois, and, and, and you should be because we do have uh, the biggest population losses in the country outside of California, New York. We do have the worst credit rating, which means we have the worst finances in the country. We do have the highest property taxes. Uh, we have you know massive flight from Chicago, like Chicago public schools. We have lots of problems, and so. To square that up, you have to say that the machine has built something really powerful in Illinois. Uh, the media, large, with the, with the exception of talk radio, is largely owned by by the uh, let's call it the political elite, and you've got the, the power of the unions, so they kind of dominate elections. So the power of the unions, along with the uh, electric, with the um, uh, legislature. And, and, the, and the politicians, they kind of control things and they get what they want. And, and it's why they've been able to hang on to power, keep squeezing things. But, uh, yeah, the question is, how long does that hold up? That, I, I guess that's the question. Well, and the other thing that has always uh, flummoxed me is the vast support there is for reform when it comes to drawing the political maps. Um, if, if we had to do that every other year or every third year and not every 10 years, I feel like there'd be some reform there, and I think that that's one of the foundational things that uh, perhaps tilts this state to be more blue than maybe it really is. Yeah, and I, I think another big thing, so that, that's certainly one, I think another big thing that needs to be discussed is the uh, organization of the opposition. Uh, the opposition to a lot of these problems hasn't been well organized, and, and oftentimes the opposition is kind of joined in force with the machine, and so then you get really confused uh, system and uh, uh, I guess the, the other thing would be is that we've gotten a government that is handing out is promising everything and handing out everything to people and uh, in the long term well, a lot of people voted for that but in the long term that's not a uh, it's not a sustainable model right you can't hand out everything to everybody and so um, we've got a we've got a a big I'd say a big challenge when I when I talk about making Illinois a destination state again. But uh, those are the challenges we have to overcome is, is making people understand that the, that the true values and principles of, of America and of education, of, of, of our free commerce, all those things are, are key uh, to getting back to where we need to be. Ted Dabrowski is joining us today on WXAN. You can find out all their uh, find all of their reports at wirepoints.org. That's wirepoints.org. Ted, anything else you want to mention before we let you go? No, I think, uh, you know, the big thing, last thing I want to say is, and, and this is important when we talk about this out-migration and, and about education and all the things we talk about, crime, is my message to people. We can't fix the problems until our government acknowledges them. And this is why we, 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 we continue to report on the increases in crime, the bad education results, uh, the out-migration of people. We have to acknowledge the problem. Only then can we fix it. So uh, thank you for allowing us to share this information. Ted Dabrowski, our guest today. Ted, have a great day. Thank you.